Hey, it's so great that you're joining us today. And we are in week six of our series called Table Manners. And this is about God inviting us to his table where we sit around with fellow believers uh, communing at his table. And there are very few things that are more fun, more enjoyable than sitting around a table, having a good meal with good friends and family, where conversation is flowing, you just enjoy yourself. It's so much fun. I really look forward to times like that because we were created for community. God created us as people that don't want to be alone. We, it's not good that we're alone. In fact, God says it in Genesis 2 verse 18 when he says it's not good that man should be alone. God created us to be together, to visit together, to live in harmony, to have good relationships. And we all desire that. I heard someone say the other day that we all actually just long for a safe place to lay our head. A safe place where we can visit, where we can just be ourselves, where we can uh, just be who we are and enjoy fellowship and company. And I believe that's what should happen around this table that God has invited us to. We who believe should actually be the example of community and what it looks like. But have you ever sat around a dinner table or a lunch table or wherever, and there were people around the table that you knew had unresolved issues? Maybe you had an issue with someone around the table or they with you or it was maybe two other people. And you know what that did. You know it creates tension. It creates an atmosphere. There's something around the table which just doesn't sit right. And today we're talking about issues around the table. Why are they there? Why does it happen? And how do we resolve it? Because I really believe God wants us to live in harmony. God wants us to live together. God wants us to like one another to love one another. That is the golden rule around this table. But we all struggle with stuff in our lives. And the Bible calls these struggles and the issues that we have and the, the things that we do in our lives that create tension. It calls it something specific. It calls it sin. And sin is nothing else than missing the mark, missing the mark in your relationship, missing the mark of what God has called you to, whatever it might be. But we all struggle with sin in our lives. Paul says this in Romans chapter 3. He says, we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So, so we all have something that creates tension in relationship. Maybe you've got a personality quirk. Maybe you grew up in a certain way and you believed that was the right way and then you got married and suddenly discovered maybe this is not the right way. We all have these things that create tension in relationships. And one of the, the hardest things to navigate, one of the things that causes the most strife and tension and pain in our lives is when relationships are broken. Because we were created for community, because we were created for relationship, when those relationships break down, it creates tension. 
I remember when I was 17 years old, it was the first time that I decided to slip out of school. It was the one and only day. And maybe you're listening to me and saying, what, only one day? I did that regularly. But it was one day, I was 17 years old, my final year of school, and I decided, you know what, I think I earned this. Uh, I had good attendance, I had good grades for so long. I earned a day to just have some fun with my friends. And so we organized with someone to come pick us up at school at a specific time. And uh, you won't believe it, the guy that came to pick us up was my youth pastor, right? <laughs> And we crept out of school, jumped over the fence, got into his car, and we were supposed to have a fun time at the mall. So a bunch of guys going out, and it really wasn't that much fun for me. Maybe the other guys had a good time, but all I kept sensing was somebody's going to see me, someone's going to tell my dad, and I was walking around in the mall in my school uniform, you know, with, with tension. And so we all got back in the car at the specific time. He drove us back to school. We all got off standing outside of school as if we'd been there the whole day, got in the car with my dad. And for the rest of that day, I didn't feel well. It just didn't sit right with me. And I sort of avoided my parents. I didn't really want to speak to them. I just kept to myself the rest of the day. And eventually the next day, I just couldn't take it any longer. And I confessed. I just spilled the beans and said, hey, I did something yesterday. I slipped out of school. And the conversation wasn't fun. But the relief that I felt was amazing. And... We all had these things in our lives. I know it's a silly story, but maybe it describes what sin does to our relationships. It strains it. It puts pressure on it. But the Bible has an answer. And so as we're in week six, we get to our fourth rule, our fourth manner of being around this table. And the Bible has an answer for that. And I want you to turn your Bibles with me to 1 John chapter 1 verse 8 to 10, it says the following, If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. So John comes right out and says, Hey, we all sin. Don't tell yourself you're not sinning. We all miss the mark from time to time. And so he connects this idea that we all have sin with verse 9. And he gives us the answer to sinning. It says, But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. And so the Bible comes and says, hey, there is an answer for the strain in relationships. There is an answer for the discomfort that you might feel around the table and not just the physical table in your home and also that but around the table of the Lord maybe maybe there is some you know tension between you and a fellow believer a brother or a sister in Christ but maybe there is tension in your household between you and a, a child or you and a parent or you and a spouse and the Bible says 
the answer to getting those relationships back on track to relieve the tension is to say three of the most difficult words in any relationship. And those words are, I was wrong. And do we struggle with those words? Because we want to be right. I mean, this, this is how I see life. This is how I do life. And now I have to come to you and admit that I was wrong. I didn't do the right thing. And confession is such a massive value that we often neglect in our spiritual journey. I mean, the Bible is pretty clear. If you go read the Bible, that confession goes before forgiveness and salvation. So even in your relationship with God, that is the precursor to receiving God's forgiveness. And who doesn't want God's forgiveness? Who doesn't want God to smile on you? That's what I experienced at 17 when I had to come clean with my dad. Say, hey, I slipped out of school. I know I shouldn't have done that, but man, I did this. And the relief that I felt and the forgiveness that came my way was much, much more than the guilt I experienced up until that point. So John tells us that God is faithful to forgive us. And we'll get back around to that verse a little bit later. But I want to turn your attention to James. Chapter 5, verse 16, and it says the following. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. So James comes and he instructs believers who are struggling with sin, struggling with the tension in relationships, saying, here's your answer. You need to confess. But there are three types of sin that we have in our lives, and there's three directions of confession. Because the Bible doesn't simply say, listen, go blurt out your sin to the whole world. Just go tell everybody that you have done something wrong. There needs to be wisdom in the way that we confess. And so, firstly, we've got private sin. Sin that nobody knows about. You know you're missing the mark. And, and that's between you and God. And that confession should be toward God and perhaps a spiritual leader in your life that can maybe assist you in working through that. And that's private sin. But then we have sin against another person. That's where we wronged someone. We acted in a way that isn't loving. We, we treated them in a really disrespectful manner. We said something that was hurtful, whatever that might have been. And there you need to confess to God and to the other person. You see, sometimes we just confess to God. We just say, Lord, I did this. Please help me. But that doesn't resolve the relational issue between you and the other person. And so confession needs to happen toward the other person. And then we have a third category of sin, which is public sin. And that needs to be confessed publicly. That is sin that is visible to everyone. That is a, a public confession that you need to make. And James Baldwin said the following, Not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. This is so important because we need to understand that when we confess, it does not guarantee that relationships will be restored. 
but relationships will never be restored. Nothing will ever change until we face it. And sometimes we just don't want to face those three words, I was wrong. But when we have unconfessed sin in our life, when there are things that we've done that have wrecked relationships, that have, that have caused tension around this table that we're seated at, and we don't want to confess it, it causes three things to happen in our lives. And the first thing is, unconfessed sin is a weight. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 says that we need to strip off every weight that hinders us. And then he says this, especially sin that trips us up so easily. Unconfessed sin, when you keep it to yourself, is a weight that drags you down, that keeps you down. It's this heavy thing around your neck. That's exactly what I felt when I slipped out of school. The whole day, there was this weight on my shoulders. There was this feeling that I don't have freedom to move. And maybe you're experiencing that. Maybe there's unconfessed things in your life that you need to address. You need to go to someone. You need to speak to them. You need to to clear the air because there's a weight on your shoulder. There is something that isn't working in your life and it's weighing you down. It's, It's just too heavy to carry. Unconfessed sin is a weight around your neck. It, it, it causes spiritual stagnation. It, it drags you down. It keeps you down. See, because Martin Luther said this, wounds cannot be healed until they are revealed, and sins cannot be forgiven until they are confessed. We cannot heal what we don't reveal, And we cannot forgive what is not confessed. It has such a massive, massive spiritual value. And we tend to forget that. We tend to forget that we have a responsibility to the people in our lives to admit that we were wrong. It is a sign of humility. It's a sign that God is working in and through you. Proverbs 28 verse 13 says this, People who conceal their sins will not prosper. But if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. There's a little key in that verse. It's not only confessing, it's turning from your sin. It's actually making an effort to not do it again. Very often we we confess and we don't really mean it. We just want to say sorry. Have you ever had a fight with someone? where just to end it, the only thing that you could think of was, okay, I'm sorry, you know. That's not confession. Confession is really understanding that I have done something wrong and I need to make it right. And if you don't do that, it's a weight on your shoulder. Because confession, it brings relief to your conscience. The Bible is full of places where it speaks about uh, the conscience and our heart. And I believe our conscience, many times, it is the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to us. And if we continue ignoring our conscience, we start searing our conscience. And the Bible calls this hardening our hearts. And when you have a hard heart, you know, relationship doesn't flow that well. Charles Spurgeon said the following, 
It does not spoil your happiness to confess your sin. The unhappiness is in not making the confession. So unconfessed sin is a weight around your shoulder. It burdens you. And it's a weight that you don't have to carry. But secondly, unconfessed sin hardens your heart. I just mentioned that. But Clement of Rome said this, It is better for a man to confess his sins than to harden his heart. When your heart becomes hard, you start struggling to love people. You start struggling to function well in relationships. Because a hardened heart usually is an inward-focused heart. It's a heart that tries to protect what's inside, and that steals the generosity from your life that you need to live in open, life-giving relationships. A hardened heart causes you to shut out the voice of God in your life. You stop, stop hearing Him speak because you're searing your conscience. You, you just keep on doing what you're doing. And so the key is confessing and turning from it and really making an effort, saying, Lord, okay, I realize that I have this personality trait and it's really not conducive to, to good relationships and living and life-giving relationships. Help me change that. Lord, help me to address that. Help me to move that around. And maybe you're experiencing something like that in your marriage right now where your wife or your husband has been saying certain things to you for the last 10 or 15 years. I know it's tough. I know it's tough. But maybe you've hardened your heart to such an extent that you can't hear that anymore. You just experience it as attack. You just experience it as someone that isn't seeing your worth. But I pray that maybe today the Holy Spirit will work in your heart and say, hey, maybe there's something you need to confess. Maybe there's something you need to do to restore this relationship. So unconfessed sin is a weight that burdens you. It makes your life difficult. Secondly, it hardens your heart. And thirdly, it creates distance. Now, Frederick Buchner said the following, To confess your sins to God is not to tell God anything he doesn't already know. Until you confess them, however, they are, they are the abyss between you. When you confess them, they become the golden gate bridge. Man, that is so powerful. Unconfessing creates an abyss, a distance between you and God, and then also between you and others, between you and the people that you're surrounded with, between you and the people that's seated with you around the table of God. It creates this distance, and very often that distance leads to isolation. It leads to a lot of ruined relationships, and, and you might feel people just don't understand you. Well, maybe they don't, but maybe there is something that God is trying to show you in your life that you need to address and go to people and say, I was wrong, because I don't want the distance. And this is what Buchner says. He says, if it's unconfessed, it is a distance creator. It is an abyss. But when it becomes confessed, it builds a bridge to the other person. It builds a bridge to restore that relationship, 
to to get it back together to to really make sure that we live in harmony and unity as God wants us to it's the fourth manner that we learn from scripture that we should have around this table and I know that you might be listening to me today and there are some serious serious hurts that you have acquired over the the years of your life people have hurt you people have stabbed you in the back people have said things about you and it's easy to confess our neighbors' sins. It's easy to look at the people around us and say, yes, but they've hurt me. They've done this to me. They said this about me. But it's not always that easy to confess our own sins. And maybe today you just need to turn your attention away from the sins that have been committed against you and to what you have created. Because this is only the first part of a a little bigger truth confession is where you receive forgiveness for what you have done forgiveness is what you extend to those who have hurt you and we'll get to that next week but where do you need to confess because confession has one aim and that is reconciliation that is harmony that is peace, that is bringing people together. It's building a bridge to the people that have hurt you and maybe you have hurt them. It's to confess and say, I was wrong. Because sin ruins relationships. And unconfessed sin, keeping that secret, keeping that hidden, allows that to grow. Sin only grows in the dark. When you keep things hidden, it grows. The resentment grows, the doubts grow, the, the mistrust that you have in someone grows. And maybe it wasn't them. Maybe you need to confess. And maybe that's what God is stirring in your spirit right now. Can you think of someone that you need to go to and say, I was wrong? Because when you do that, John says, when we confess, God is faithful to forgive. Proverbs says, when you confess, you will receive mercy. You see, there is a reward that comes to your life when you confess. Matthew 5, Jesus is speaking in verse 23 and 24. It says this, So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple... And you suddenly remember, now listen to this, that someone has something against you. Leave your sacrifice there at the altar. And then this, go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Jesus is trying to communicate something. He says that if we live in broken relationships and there's no reconciliation, it directly affects your relationship with God. And you might be struggling with your your relationship with him and saying, Lord, where are you? I'm looking for you. And maybe God is saying, I'm here, but you need to build a bridge to the person that you have wronged. Maybe before you bring your offering to me, go be reconciled. Go confess. Say, I was wrong. It is such a massive spiritual truth. 
Now, I said this earlier, next week we're going to talk about forgiveness, which is the other side of this coin. And I just want to maybe highlight this for a moment. If John says that God is faithful and just to forgive your sins, when you go to confess, just know that people aren't as just and faithful as he is. Maybe you're not going to get forgiveness immediately. Maybe you won't have the extended hand of friendship that you think will happen. Usually when that happens, we retract our confession. Simply because of who we are as humans. Because we go in humility and we say, okay, I'm going I'm to fix this. I'm going to say I was wrong. And the moment that person uh, retaliates and says something back to you, we sort of retract our confession and say, well, okay, well, fine. We'll, we'll still be enemies. Now I'm going to encourage you today. That is not the way of Jesus. Jesus said, turn the other cheek. You know, sometimes you're going to go to confess to someone. You're really going to try to correct things. But because you have remorse, doesn't necessarily mean that the other person has received healing yet. But if we continue in this practice of confession, I believe reconciliation is possible. And so today I want to encourage you. Maybe you need to say, I was wrong. You need to go pray about this and say, Lord, where do I need to go? To whom do I need to go speak? Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a child. Maybe it's a parent. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a colleague. And you just need to very humbly go and say, I was wrong. I was wrong. Can I just get the weight off my shoulder? Can I just soften my heart? Can I just decrease the distance in this relationship? Because I understand that life is about relationship with others, relationship with God. So maybe in this week, you need to ask yourself these two questions. Who do you need to speak to? Where do you need to go to create less distance? Get a bit of the, of the burden off your shoulders. Soften your heart a little bit. Who do you need to speak to? Maybe the second question, where does your conscience need a break? Where do you need to just relieve yourself of certain relational issues and strain? I pray that you will experience the love and the presence of God today. That as you go about your week, as you move forward from here, and as you confess to other people, that you will experience some of the mercy that Proverbs 28 speaks about. That you will experience a lighter heart, that the burden will be lifted. I really pray that you will take this today, move ahead, and see relationships restored. Next week, we'll talk about forgiveness and what that means and how that works. As I said, there's two parts of the same coin. But maybe this week, just look to yourself and say, Lord, where do I need to say I was wrong? Can we pray together? Lord, I thank you that you are the God who is just, you are faithful to forgive us when we come and we confess. And we thank you for that. Thank you that when we sin against you, we know that when we come to you, when we turn from our sins and we confess that, that we can receive forgiveness and we can experience restoration in our relationship with you. But very often, Lord, we 
we tend to forget that our relationship with you is also sometimes dependent on our relationship with the people around us. And Father, I pray today that we will have the courage to go up to someone that we need to and say, I was wrong. And I will turn from our ways. I will start doing things differently from now on. And I pray that as we do that, that you will extend grace to us. Father, for, for those who are listening to me right now who know that they are carrying a burden, for years they've been carrying this burden. It's a weight around their shoulder because of unresolved issues in relationship. Or people who are listening that maybe have hardened hearts because of the resentment that has just grown inside them. And people that are experiencing distance in relationship, I pray that as they go and confess, that they will experience the grace and the mercy of God. Lord, we thank you that we can come to you. Thank you that you're part of our lives. Thank you that you're part of our relationships. And may we honor you around this table that you've invited us to. Lord, when your word says we need to confess to one another so that there might be healing, Father, I pray that we will understand it's not simply healing for our bodies and our physical ailments, it's all healing for our hearts. May you heal hearts today. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.